Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Hey, this is The Drive on Steelers Nation Radio and ESPN 970. We are live from St. Vincent College as the Steelers uh, finish off their practice uh, today here at uh, St. Vincent College. Practice number 16. 16, yeah. Coming down the home stretch. Two more after uh, This 7-on-7 drill has all been working inside the uh, 25 here. Mm -hmm. Uh, 25 going in, so lots of good stuff there. Close quarters. Pickett made some nice throws while we were gone. Yeah. Uh, I think he's really coming around, starting to warm up to him quite a bit more, and you know, which is what you expected. I mean, you and I kind of make fun of the term NFL ready, but you do expect him to adapt a little quicker than some of the other guys in this and class. We've seen and we've yeah. And he is, you know, right. And some they're all the going to struggle early. Yeah, you know? some of the – I mean, uh, uh, Matt Corral in his first game, Ooh. one for nine for like 11 yards <laughs> right. in, his, in his preseason opener. Like, yeah. uh, just – you know, because it, it's tough when you get thrown out there with the third team guys. Mackerel got the short end of the stick. Yeah. You know, they trade up for him. They love him. <laughs> you know, he's right there with the Ritters and Willis's, and then they trade for Baker and can't get rid of Darnold. So it's sort of a situation like this yeah. where Mayfield's the Trubisky. They're kind of having a quarterback competition right. for, the, for the starting job. He's not in consideration for that at all. No, but like Rudolph's very similar to Darnold in this situation and Corral and Pickett are the rookies who need all the work that you hope have the bright future, but it's hard to pull that off when Darnold and Rudolph get their share of reps and you're trying to get somebody open, you know, ready for week one, which Baker's clearly their starter. Would you rather have Rudolph or Darnold? Darnold. I think Rudolph's better than him. Right but now? I think Darnold yeah. has a still has, has a pulls. chance yeah. that I mean he was a fourth, third pick in the draft. Yeah. He's been horrendous. So <laughs> been I mean he's bad. really bad. He's been basically the worst starting quarterback in the league for the last yeah. four or five years. So that's really not being nice to Rudolph because Rudolph's <laughs> better than him. But there's still a sliver of chance Darnold can be a, a good starter. You know, and that to me is. It's enough. It would that, be a pretty big salvage job at this oh, point, though. Yeah, I mean, it's been really bad for him. Yeah, I mean, I would never bet on it. But like, if you were re-ranking, the payoff could be high. If you were re-ranking that draft class, from so who 20, was it? Twenty eighteen. So you had Lamar. I think it's Josh pretty easy, Allen, really. Allen, Lamar, Lamar, Baker. Okay. And and then is it Rudolph? Oh, I was only thinking of the five rookies. 
Yeah, it's Rudolph. Because Rosen's last. <laughs> yeah, Darnold actually beats Rosen. <laughs> so I just say, you know, but I would put Rudolph over Darnold. Wow. Is there anybody else in that class? I guess he was those the were the, Those yeah. were the first. Uh, that was the guys that went the first six. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's actually a pretty easy pecking order. But, I mean, Rudolph first, Darnold, we kind of just talked out. Yeah. But Allen's clearly one. Lamar's right. clearly two. And that's a good rookie draft. You know, you got two star quarterbacks out yeah. of the same draft class. That's a that's an exceptional draft class. It's an exceptional class. draft class. You know, like this Mac Jones, Lawrence, Lance, Fields, you know, class, Wilson. Probably three of them will bust. Oh, nice. Oh. Did he make that play? Yeah, Buddy Johnson going up and getting that one. Snagged that one. Nice play at the goal <laughs> line. You know, like, like last year's class was historically good coming out of school. Yeah. And I'm convinced Mac Jones will be a – Starting quarterback. And I'm actually pretty, you know, secure that Davis Mills. Did you see the, too. Did you see the rankings? By the way, uh, the top 100 rankings. rankings. No, so they have Mac Jones at 85. Come on, man. I don't know where He's the other the quarterbacks are. Best, best There's no chance in the league. No chance. I mean, is he the fifth best Pittsburgh Steeler? No, no. I mean, he's not. I mean, that's there's. 30 other teams he wouldn't even be in the top five on, on that on that respective team. And he's a fine quarterback. And I said he's a starter, you know, but, I mean, to say he's a top 100 player, a top 3% Again, we've, percent we've, in the league. Yeah, we've talked about it. That's top 3% in the league. There's no way. No way. No way. I, I don't know who he's ahead of on the quarterback rank or who he's behind. Well, Kirk, he was I ahead just, of Kirk Cousins. I know that. Cousins has a better resume. He's a yeah. better football player than him right now. Absolutely. Right. Again, I like Mac Jones. I mean, uh, but no. Looks like uh, picking out there now? with the ones right now. Uh, what are we okay. doing here? Is this a uh, they're, at the, they're at the forty-seven yard line, so a lot mm-hmm. of times this is a two-minute drill. So yeah. they're going to give him another shot at two minute. But he's going to go with the ones, huh? Yeah. All right. This could be fun. All right, Kenny. They're putting more and more on his plate. There's, there's definitely positive signs for Pickett. And folks, this doesn't mean he's challenging Trubisky for the starting no. job. You know. But the youngsters earning. Well, this tells me this may be a situation where this is going. This is going to be. They're going to. He's going to finish the first half, kind of like you mentioned in the game in Jacksonville. So if if Rudolph gets the next shot, yeah, that means Trubisky will be unlikely to be in a two minute situation. Yeah, because he won't finish the first half. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. Get it out quick. Take Claypool. That is what. Yeah, this is a two minute drill. It definitely is. Yep. Again, we don't have privy to the clock or the situation or the score. But they're hustling them up. I want to see Pickett play with tempo here. Yeah. It's, Describe the action well. here, Matt. Describe the action. That is the <laughs> Najee. Boy, Najee looks so big with yeah. all of his stuff underneath, too. But there's a lot of quick hitters. Uh, that was just kind of a flat route to Najee, getting it out quick. Two really crisp, accurate throws by Pickett here. Getting everybody aligned quickly, too, which is a good sign by the Rook. Keep Najee in the block, and he sack. spins out. That, that probably would have been a, be a sack, sack or Watt, at least a pressure. That's yeah. what Watts say. I got him down. That was a yeah. sack. That's, that's TJ being a great player. <laughs> <laughs> that's not on Pickett. I'm not going to blame Chooks. It's just TJ being great. And you wonder, like, if Watt went 100% every snap here, oh, like, things wouldn't get done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is a homewrecker. Uh, things would not get done. So now they're thinking it over. I assume they called the timeout there. Or, yeah. yeah. Well, it was incomplete pass. That was incomplete pass, but they're taking a lot of time here. Yeah. Well, it was. It would have been a sack. It probably would have been a sack, right? I didn't know what the, what Tomlin called it or how they handled that, but you getting a whole lot of time to think about this two-minute drill, though. Got to reset here, rehuddle, yeah, okay. get this thing. They've done a lot of two minutes. 
Uh, they got Hayward as the number one tight end right now here. Well, Pickett likes Hayward. He likes I don't blame him. Yeah, yeah I could see those two having a And, I, good, again, this is the grouping that maybe he'll finish the first half with. So I mean, it's he, nauseous. Deontay, it's Deontay's Deontay, out there. Yeah. Pickens is out there. So, yeah, he, ooh, ooh, there that's go. wide open. Pickens separated really well there. He really did. He uh, found the hole in the cover, too, is what it yeah. looked like. Is that Fitzpatrick, Minka came over and might have blown him up on that. Maybe. Um, Minka covered a lot of ground on that. He did. And, and I'm not really picking on Pickett, but if that would have come out split second earlier, it would have been a little bit, you know, it been an ideal. You know, yeah. It was, it was a nice throw. It was a nice throw. <laughs> um, yeah. Minka would have, uh, would have, uh, Pickens would have taken a big hit there at the very least on that play. Um, I would imagine. Yeah. I like his chances of come down with it. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. They, they marked him down at the, uh, they're, they're at the uh, 14 now, so. So I assume they called a timeout. He may have even scored, but he I mean, might have. There's yeah. a chance to make a smack. At the very least, too. knocks him out of bounds in that mm -hmm. situation. But he's going to try to separate him from the football there. Right. Nice work by Pickens, of course, getting yeah. downfield and finding the open spot. Yeah. The turkey hole, as John Gruden used to in call it. In the turkey it, you know, hole. Right, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why hole. turkey, but you know, <laughs> whatever. And Pickett takes a snap. He got some time on that one, and he overthrows. I think Pickens. he did that on purpose. Yeah, I think he was. They the had internal clock was ticking, and yeah, everybody was covered. They, that had, was good they coverage. had Pickens bracketed there. Yeah, they did. So, just get rid of that one. I don't know how much time is left, or we can't see the clock. No, he threw that out of the end zone yeah. on purpose. I think. Yeah, I believe so as well. Um, we shall see. They got to be nice into the clock, but we could give you guys a better yeah. adaptation here. They're, they they're did huddling stop the clock. again here. They should have this clock here so we could see it. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they don't use the uh, St. Vincent time clock on this mm-hmm no a lot of practices you'll see a time clock yeah but uh Pickens, clock. Pickett is in the shotgun Najee Harris to his right Firemuth in the short slot uh, trips to the to the left side there he's looking that way got Claypool overthrows yeah. uh overthrows Claypool in the back of the end zone that may have been overthrown on purpose yeah. too it's good coverage. That was the that final was good play. Coverage, yeah. That was the final play. So he does not score in that situation. Mason Rudolph should get this one. That tells me that Mason Rudolph will finish the game yep. on Saturday. Good deductive reasoning there. You like that? Yeah. So it's almost like I've seen this stuff before. Yeah. So what they basically just told us is Trubisky's going to start the game. Pickett's going to finish the first half. Correct. Rudolph's going to finish the yeah. game. I don't know when the Pickett to Rudolph switch will happen. Will it happen in the second half? Sometime or? in the second quarter, I would assume. The Pickett to Rudolph. Oh, uh, Pickett to Rudolph will probably you know sometime in the in the third, third quarter, quarter. I'd yeah. imagine. Yeah, I think sometime Pickett in the third the quarter, half. maybe the fourth, maybe in the start of the fourth quarter. Depends on how things go. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they have strict rules. Yeah, you know? and Trubisky could have a twelve play drive and be done, okay. or you know three and well, out. The defense, back everybody out. standing up at the. Yeah. Okay. Now they got a couple of guys down, look. but everybody's showing blitz here. And they're coming. They're coming. Good pickup though. Yeah, I'm saying. All right. They handled the blitz well there. They did. Even uh, you saw Anthony McFarland pick up a blitzer on that situation. Mm -hmm. and Knew where to go and yeah. got in the way. Safety coming off the edge here. A little easier to pick up a blitz, too, when you got ten other friends as opposed <laughs> to backs on backers. Yeah, the right, guy, right. you know, he can't come quite as hard as he would right. backs There's on backers. other people banging into each yeah, other. Yeah, you kind of kind of sift your way through the through the traffic to get there. That yep, makes a yep. big difference. I got this lane. I have this gap, yeah. you know. That's what made Kendrell Bell so special when he – when he would come on the blitz, he just came a thousand. It miles didn't matter away. who was in his way. Yeah, he right, just right, right. Boy, he had unusual snap in his yeah, hips. Yeah, I mean, he, he can blow up guards in yeah, those situations. routinely. Got a shot. Well, Not well, a bad throw. No, thrown to a shorter receiver. And yeah, just, like if that's Pickens, I bet he catches it. Yeah, that's a catch. Yeah, or Claypool or Boykin, or yeah. even you know uh, Vaughn's or you know one of those guys that mm -hmm. are a little bit bigger. Mm -hmm. um, 
They, they were going to Gunner if yeah. we didn't made that clear. It was, but, but he was downfield. It wasn't just a typical well, you little take a, slot Yeah, route. take a shot on that one because it's third and one. He was here. open. Yeah, it's third and one. So you can take that shot. You're mm-hmm. going to go for it in They're going to go for it, yeah. right. They're not kicking a field goal from here. They're still at midfield. I would assume they have to score a touchdown here because they typically do. That's that, mm-hmm. yeah. Makes it more fun. Yeah. Mike Tom more challenging. get the ball in the end zone. Get it out. Nicely done. There you go. There you go. Out route to 21. Yeah, gets that down to uh, got a hustle, got a hustle. Christian Blake. It would have been nice to get him out of bounds there, but yeah. he had to go down to his knees to catch it. He had to get the first down, though, first. That's the Yeah, that's the key. That was yeah. fourth and one. Throws this one away. Throwing that one away, that yeah. Hit some it's pressure there. DeMarvin yeah, oh, yeah, he did. DeMarvin Leal with the pressure I there. I thought so, yeah. He showed up nicely. Yeah. He's thick. He is thick. Yeah. He's a compact, explosive guy. Yeah, you're listening to our live coverage here from Steelers Training Camp on ESPN 970 and Steelers Nation Radio. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We're watching the Steelers wrap up practice today here at St. Vincent College and uh, Mason Rudolph running through a two-minute situation here. Trying mm-hmm. to, they started at the uh, 47, trying the to go. The tempo in hasn't been super high for either one of these. No, they're drills, not tackling you know, right? or anything like that. So it's and actually the yeah. whole practice has been a little like that too. Yeah. it hasn't been as full contact as yesterday or quite as that kind of tends to slow things down a bit. Yeah, oh yeah. Tucks it down. That's a long time to hold, hang in the pocket though. Yeah, there were some some rushers that probably would have obstructed things. Give Got them, the completion. Give them credit for it. Got though. the completion. Though. So it's now third and five. They call timeout. Offense calls timeout. They're at the 30, so. Being a little generous like to the third, offense. Third and four here. Well, he wants to, wants to drill to keep completed. Yeah, right. I mean, know. you want to keep, keep practicing and get better, even if it's not super-duper realistic. Yeah. Warren changing comes in the some, game uh, here. Yeah, changing out some receivers here. Taking Jay Sternberger off to get another receiver on, on the field as well. Got Haig playing left tackle again. One thing we didn't see today, Matt. We didn't see Spillane rotating with Devin Bush today. No. He's out there now, so yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think if a depth chart were to come out right now, the Spillane would not be tied for the starting job yeah, type of deal. Yeah. No, I agree. And Wonder I don't if know that Bush grabbed it. I just think Spillane lost it. Yeah. Ooh, we got him open. Put him there. Nice throw. Led him a little further than he should have, but completion deep downfield, that's not an easy throw. Yeah, drop that in the turkey hole. Yeah, right there, same situation <laughs> between the corner and had the to safety. Get it up, had to get it up over the, over the uh, corner mm-hmm. and in between the safety. Yeah, he put a nice arc on it. Yeah. That's one that thing. Rudolph, again, Rudolph does have nice down. touch down the field. Oh, he does, yeah. yeah I mean, he throws he, a good ball. He throws a good deep ball. It's catchable very ball. catchable, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. And his arm strength isn't lacking. No. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. No, it's average NFL arm strength. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. So that, that completion goes down to the uh, 10, or actually the 11 here from the looks so like they got first, They can actually get a first it down. It looks like it's just yeah, inside it's the one. first and goal. Yeah. So essentially first and goal, just outside the right, 10. Right, right. I don't know how much time's on the clock here, though. Yeah. Or how many timeouts are left. They don't have any time. I assume they usually. He threw that one away, too. He was that throwing one up the there trying the to give zone. a – who was he trying to give the chance? Or is that uh, – White, I think. Yeah, Cody White. Yeah. Try to get it up to a bigger receiver and give him a chance. There were two, DB, two DBs around him, though. I think he was trucking that out of bounds. Yeah. Well, I mean, you throw it kind of out of bounds, but kind of the only spot where the receiver is the only guy who Dwight has a chance Clark to come down with it. come yeah. down with it type of deal, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> if it works, then you're – You're a genius. Historic, yeah. Yeah, it's a historic throw. There we go. Breaking the huddle again here now. We who we get down below here. We got uh, eighty. Yeah, got Tyler Vaughn's there. You got that. That's kind of the skeleton crew here. Yeah, Tyler Sneed on in the slot. So it is a, a lesser group here. 
All right, little fade. Fade, go get it, go get it. Man, that yeah. was an uncatchable ball. Yeah, that one drifted out of bounds on him. He was going Pretty there. Pretty good from coverage, Joe, yeah. It was, but he yeah. was going there from the snap. Yeah. He liked the one-on-one, -on -one, one -on -one, yeah. put it in the corner. and I mean, it's a low-risk throw, too. Yeah. I like Tyler Vaughns. He's made some plays in this camp. Yeah. I mean. I think he's a guy you, you stash on the you practice think he probably squad. ends up on the yeah. practice squad the more I think about it. Yeah. Huh? Especially if Sims were to get picked up somewhere else or something like that. Yeah. You yeah. Know, could open a spot for a guy like him. No, I think a guy like that can uh, can stick around. Mm-hmm. Maybe him and Cody White on the practice squad or something like that. Yeah, yeah. All right. You got three to the left here to the wide Sims, side of the field. Sims out wide. Is that Gunner in the slot? Yeah. Yep. Takes the snap. And that's broken up. Yeah. Back in the end zone. There's another one that was. Intended for Sternberger. Maybe semi-intentionally overthrown, too. I mean, because the two guys on his hip, and he had to throw it over those guys and didn't leave a lot of yeah. window to drop it in. It is now fourth. I thought goal. I'd see more from Sternberger. Yeah. Really as an NFL player. Yeah. I, I, I liked I, him coming out of school, and he just doesn't stand out much. Talked to Alfredo Roberts about him the other day, and he mm. says, you know, when he one-on-one -on -one drills, he's tough. Okay. But it doesn't translate onto the 11-on-11. 11-on-11, yeah. That's a problem. And I think a little bit's because he's – He's lean. He doesn't play real strong. Yeah. I mean, he's basically a bulked-up wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, he, he is. is. But he doesn't run well enough right, to pull that off. fourth down play. Rudolph takes the snap, drops back. Big blitz. blitz. They picked it up. And the pass goes Sailed out of that bounds. One a little Sailed bit too. That will end it for training camp practice. Day 16, the three, defense. Three clearly. shots in the end zone, though. All were slightly overthrown slash safe throws. That's kind of been in the, that the book case, on though, Mason Rudolph. I know. And I'm not necessarily even being critical, but you, if you take three shots in the end zone and in this situation, if you need a, a TD to score, I can't have three overthrows. Right. I mean, even if it's the right choice in each specific play, which watching each one, they were the right decisions, but you lost. You didn't get it done. So I mean, the it, offense fails on both situations. Um, yeah, and to give the D credit, the D plays well. Yeah. There I was mean, some good coverage out there. And some of that is, you know, these guys have been going against each other no, so for months much. now. Of course, yeah, yeah. These, these receivers aren't going to necessarily shake uh, these defensive backs like they might. Mm -mm. Somebody and the pass rush looks strong, too. Yeah, it did, which you doesn't expect. Count, which yeah. you expect. That's kind of There was a couple good blitz pickups, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, all in all, not uh, not Quality bad. practice. Yeah, good stuff. I'm sure uh, we'll get to pal these guys after practice, you know, doing their thing, working working afterwards, as they always do. If that's the determining factor on who eats well tonight, uh, well, it'll be the defense. If seven shots is the determining factor mm -hmm. on who eats well tonight, the offense wins it. Yeah, I guess that's a tough call. If you were to award one side of the ball the uh, the lobster tonight, who do you give it to? Ooh, that's Just a tough one. practice. I thought the offense had a pretty good practice overall. Yeah. I think backs on backers goes to offense. Yeah. I think I'd lean towards the O here. I'd lean towards the offense as well. It's so. happening more and more. It yeah. didn't happen for a long time. A long time. That was, <laughs> you know, the, you saw the first team defense out there today as well. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, if they're moving the football, making some uh, plays out there, it's against a, a defense that I think we think is going to be a top ten unit this year. Mm -hmm. Presley so. Harvin gets lobster tonight. Presley Harvin gets lobster tonight. There you go. <laughs> he sure does. There you go. Danny Smith gets lobster every night, according to Mike Tomlin. As he should. Yeah. So Danny, Danny and I eat uh, well every night. What's going on over because there? Because the offense, uh, they're neither offense nor defense. So Mike Tomlin and Danny Smith eat well every night. As they should. Yeah. But. Grown boys. The rest of them have to compete for that. We're going to take a break. He okay. is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lolly. You're listening to The Drive. we got an interview to play here coming up, too. We do. We? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Andy Weidel spoke to the media 
earlier today. We'll play that back here in this uh, last hour of the show. But uh, we're going to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio and ESPN 970. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I am Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. As you can hear, the wind picking yeah, up here a little bit. Here. All of a sudden, here almost picked our tent up off the ground there at <laughs> one point uh, in that previous segment. Uh, but uh, makes it a nice, cool day. It, it was. I, I enjoyed. We the got weather through an day. entire practice with no rain. No rain, not even a sprinkle. How about that? Hard let, let alone thunder and lightning. So Kenny Pickett walking over here to the assembled fans to. He's quite popular with the the Steeler Nation, if you bit. haven't noticed. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Pretty, pretty popular dude. Yeah. You got uh, Devin Bush working the jugs machine. We got a couple other guys working out. Not sure what's going on with the O linemen down there, but they're doing some stuff as well. So as usual, guys staying extra, doing a little extra work. Yeah, as uh, is always the case. Well, one we won't see out there is Carl Joseph, unfortunately for unfortunately, him. Unfortunately, right? Yeah, he would be one that would be out here. Until well after five, still getting work in <laughs> Drag every him off day. The, off the field. Every day. It's and a we, shame. Got, we need to hear about uh, Master Teague as well, right? Yeah, Master yeah, Teague got getting today. carted off today as well. Uh, one guy who will have to handle those kind of situations will be yeah. Andy Weidel, the new assistant GM. And uh, that is a new position for the Steelers this year. Uh, he was hired to, to help uh, Omar Khan, the mm-hmm. new GM, kind of. Uh, he's more the, the scout type. He's more the scouting department yep. guy, and that's what he'll be doing here, running the pro and, and college scouting here for the Steelers, while Omar kind of oversees everything. Uh, so, uh, Weidel uh, spoke to the media earlier today. Let's uh, let's have a listen in on what uh, he had to say. Yeah. Hey. Good morning. I uh, just want to say thank you for being here. Appreciate it, and uh, look forward to working with everybody in here. There are some familiar faces. It's been a while, uh, about 25 years ago since I was up here as an intern. But uh, really excited about this opportunity, where we're at, and uh, where we're going. Questions? Andy, um, uh, Jerry Dulac, post Uh What's the toughest job? Is it familiar, or the biggest thing you need to do? Is it familiarizing yourself with the, the current talent? And how, you know, how's that process go? Right. Well, I think it's just coming here at the end of May, getting to know the team, getting to know the people. In the uh, in the building, reconnecting with some of the people uh, in the building, and uh, you know that's a daily process. You just go forward each day. You're trying to build relationships, connect with people, and uh, know the team. You know, knowing the team first and foremost, and uh, the players, and uh, who they are, and, and their talents, and you know that's that's the challenge always in this business, and, and trying to find out at the end of the day who the 53 will be on the roster. Andy Brooke Pryor with ESPN. What was it about this job and working with Omar that appealed to you to come over and, and make the leap back to Western PA? Wow. Um, well, you know, being from here, starting here as an intern 25 years ago, and then uh, my friendship with Omar, working with him back in 2000 in New Orleans, being a part of that season where we won the first playoff game in the history of the organization. And uh, on that run and, and how our friendships just evolved when he moved up here in 2001, 
uh, introduce him to my friends I grew up with, my family, and him getting to know them and, and uh, having those same friends, group of friends. And then uh, just as we've grown in this business together, you know, our friendship, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a strong bond. He was there the night I met my wife. He was at my wedding. We were at his wedding. And, uh, you know, he's just a great guy, a high-character person. He's really smart. He's really savvy. And, uh, you know, just have a lot of respect and loyalty to him. And uh, you just couldn't find a better opportunity. I mean, to me, this is, this is an amazing opportunity with a great organization and great people. Andy, Andy. Joe Rutter with the Pittsburgh Trip. How you doing? Great. Um, this is kind of a new role they created here, Assistant GM. What exactly are your responsibilities, and do you focus on one thing maybe more than another? Right. So um, be over, overlooking the pro side of scouting and the college scouting, and uh, just working with Omar daily, and uh, working with our scouts, staying in communication with them. And uh, the one thing I've, I've known, just like the, the place I've been where we've had the most success, is that we're an extension of the coaching staff. Like, I tell it to our scouts, like, we're an extension of Coach Tomlin and his staff. We're going to go out and find players that fit the job description and fit the type of culture in, in the program that he has here. And uh, that's important. You have that alignment. And um, when, you, when you have that working and you have that alignment, man, great, great things are possible. Andy, Mike Pursuit of WDVE. <laughs> You worked on uh, Super Bowl winners with Baltimore and Philly. Was there anything you found uh, common in, in terms of a trait or an organizational characteristic that helped facilitate that? I think the, the thing on the team you found out was the selflessness, selflessness of the players and the love they had for one another. They looked forward to going to work together. They didn't want the season to end. And uh, when you have that kind of, you know, obviously you have to have the talent. But when you have that kind of chemistry in your locker room, um, you know, you're able to overcome the adversity that comes with the season, you know, injuries. I mean, if you look at the adversity the Ravens had in that season in 2012, um, what they had to overcome. And then in 2017, what we overcame with Carson Wentz, his injury, Jason Peters' injury, uh, Darren Sproles, a lot of guys went down, a lot of guys stepped up. And um, you saw the, the veterans come back and help the younger guys out. You know, when you have that love for one another and that selflessness, man, you can go far and you can overcome those, those setbacks. Andy, Jim Wexel, 247 Sports, CBS. Um, how much are you changing from what Kevin did procedurally in evaluating college talent? Right. Well, we're going to keep building, try and keep building upon what he's built here, which is, you know, he's won two Super Bowls. He's one of the best to ever do it. And uh, we're going to add to the process. We're going to enhance where we can. And, uh, you know, just talking to the guys and, and that work with him and knowing him being on the road, you know, we want to make him proud you know, what our product is here and the type of players we bring in and uh, to keep building on that. But we're going to do some things with, you know, communication a little bit more. Um, there's some tools we're going to do now. Um, but uh, we're going to just continue to, to find Steelers, and that's the goal. Andy, um, uh, Kevin was saying uh, even, you know, before he retired, he was just talking about, you know, maybe needing fresh ideas or always wanting to get fresh ideas. How has that evolved in what you do when you talk about fresh ideas? Right. Uh, I think one of the things that, you know, I was fortunate is to the four organizations I've been with, um, starting here, learning under uh, Mr. Nunn, Bill Nunn for two years, and Tom, and the people we had here. Um, you know, it was a great way to lay a foundation in, uh, in scouting and going to New Orleans for five years uh, with Coach Hazlitt and uh, Mickey Loomis, people we had down there, and then have the opportunity to, to grow and develop in the Ravens organization with Ozzie Newsom. Um, and learning there about fit, personality, and locker room, you know, not just the talent, but, 
you know, your, your culture. Um, and then going to Philadelphia and learning more of the analytic aspect of it. Um, I think all those places have set me up for this. You know, I had to go to those places to learn and develop and grow. And uh, whatever we can do to implement, to bring things, to add, so to enhance, uh, to evolve a little bit, you know, we're gonna, we'll do it. You know, and, and it's just been a fortune. I've been fortunate to be around some great ones. I mean, spent 13 years of my career with Bill Nunn and Ozzie Newsom, you know, two of the best to ever do it. And, um, you know, the, the, the things that they've done here, obviously with Kevin, I mean, it's, it's just a great opportunity to bring the, like a dynamic collaboration. You know, that's the way I looked at it. And uh, excited with the group of guys that we have here and uh, the people and the coaching staff and getting a chance to, uh, to work together. Andy, when you were with uh, Baltimore, New Orleans and Philly, were there as many guys in personnel and staff from Baltimore, New Orleans and Philly as there are Pittsburgh guys on this staff? No, no, there isn't. That's what make this, makes it unique here. How do you account for that? I think it's just, it means a little bit more. You know, you're from here, you know, you grew up here, your roots are here. You don't want to disappoint, you know, and it, I know I feel that way, you know, growing up here, a Steeler fan and, you know, you just, uh, this is it's a great opportunity, and it's, to me, this organization is the gold standard of gold standards. And uh, you have an expectation and a standard to live up to. Coach talks about it all the time, and uh, we got to make sure we're doing our part in in this. And uh, you know, we talk about the goal here, and the goal here is to win number seven, and uh, it's important. And uh, we're going to work everything and pour everything we have into it, and and go from there. So um, it means a little bit more, I think, when you're from the area and you work for this team. Yeah, Dale Lally, uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports, you mentioned analytics. Um, some teams are very heavy in the analytics, so not so much. Where do you fall on that spectrum? I think if it's applied and you can find a usefulness, it's a, it's a tool. You know, it, it's not the end-all, be-all, but there are things you can find in it that will be helpful. Um, you know, just little things here and there. So I think the key is to find applied. There's so much data. There's so many stats right now. You can get inundated with it, and I think the key is to find the important things, you know, to find the important data and how you can apply it to what your program is and to what's important to your, your team and your program. Andy, you were part of the GM search back earlier this year when over a dozen people were interviewed. Just what was it like to be a part of that, and what kind of thing did you get the sense that the Steelers were looking for as far as, like what Jerry mentioned, the outside ideas? Right. Uh, well, first, it was an honor just to be to have the opportunity and to come back for a second interview. Um, you know, I looked at it first and foremost just to be considered for it. Man, it was a great honor and, and a privilege. And then to go through the process with Art, with Kevin, and then with Coach Tomlin and uh, Dan Jr. Um, it just felt it felt at home. You know, it just felt like either way it was just it was a great experience. And um, I like I said, I was here 25 years ago you know, for two years as an intern and just getting to know the business, making airport runs, uh, doing mail runs, whatever needed to be done, I did it. But um, it just felt like it felt at home, you know, and, and it felt like this is this is football. This is, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You walk by the, the trophy case walking in and you six, see the six trophies. I wasn't here when the uh, Southside facility, but you walk through there and you're just amazed, you know, and it just stands out. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's great people in a great organization. Andy, uh, Tim Benz from Trib Live. Um, when you have worked in other places, have other folks in those cities, those organizations asked of you what worked in Pittsburgh while you were there? Like what was sort of the secret sauce that, that made it work? And if so, 
what, what do you think as you saw the team win championships in other places? I think it's, to me, I think it's everybody working together as one for common goal, right? You have alignment and everybody's pulling in the same direction. And when you have that, you got to obviously have the talent. You got to have the right people on the bus. And when you have that and everyone's going the same direction, that's when you can achieve greatness. That's when you can overcome, like I said, you could overcome adversity, injuries, things happening. Um, and it's just being a tough, resilient team, right? You have those kind of players. When I was here, um, I don't, you know, it was two, you know, we were six and 10, I think it's seven and nine, the two seasons. But you saw like a veteran Dermonte Dawson, you saw a veteran Jerome Bettis, you know, a young Heinz Ward, you know, and uh, man, those guys are tough, resilient. You couldn't break those guys, Joey Porter, Aaron Smith. You know, I was there the first two years and watching those guys grow in the league. You know, looking back is how they act and handle themselves. Like, I always thought back to that. Like, and those guys are some of the ultimate warriors, best warriors this league's seen. So is that sort of an intangible trait you can still rely on when yeah. you look at players, but at the same time, to some of the other questions you've been asked already, extract your knowledge of uh, other places that you've worked and inject that to the building of a team? Right. Well, it's, it's a commonality. I saw it with the Ravens. I saw it with the Steelers here, with the guys here. Philadelphia, we had the same thing. We had guys that were tough-minded, strong-willed. You couldn't break them. You know, they just they showed up every day, and they were resilient. And uh, that's something you look for in the DNA of a player. You know, it's something I believe and I learned here at an early age from Mr. Nunn and from uh, the Steelers organization, and it's carried me through. Andy, when you were in uh, Philly, were you how actively were you involved uh, in the draft and either in putting together the draft? Right. Uh, the last three years, I was involved with it, ran the draft meetings and set the board, you know, and, and would organize it. And then uh, at the end of the day, how we would make the call um, on the pick, him and coach, Coach Peterson or Coach Sirianni. So uh, give my input, set the board, ran the process, and, uh, you know, had some good picks there. So Howie Roseman. Andy, Rich Walsh, KDK. Hey, Rich. Hey, how good of a, an evaluation did you have of this team before you got here? Maybe the guys that they drafted, and maybe how long did it take you to get up to speed? Well, it's an exciting rookie class. I mean, you watch these guys out there perform, and uh, I think top to bottom, they're out there every day. Uh, they're stacking days. They keep their head down. They grind. It's an impressive rookie class. And these guys, we scouted these guys when I was in Philadelphia. Really talented players. All these guys have a mentality. Um, they come out there, they're competitive, and you see their toughness on the field. Um, so that's exciting. And then as the team as a whole, um, I think it's a good mix. I think you get a good mix of veterans, excellent veteran players. You got some young up and coming players, and uh, they're good people, high character guys. You know, so I'm excited to get to work with them and get to know them more as we go through this process and the season and, and the journey we're on. Any Alex Saunders, Pittsburgh Sports Now. Um, but the way the Steelers handled this transition with Kevin doing most of the heavy lifting earlier this offseason, how, how much does that give you the luxury of the time to get to know the players and know the team and, and the things that you couldn't see from the outside before you have to make tough decisions about the guys on the roster and things like that? Right. Well, that's a great thing of coming to Latrobe and being up here is you get to be around each other. You know, we're up here and uh, we're in our bubble and uh, we're working together or eating together and you're getting to know them and it's accelerated and uh, you're watching it every day you know it's a fluid situation you're watching guys go out there and it's a long camp you know, we got two more games to go and we're going to find out more about our team as we go through this a few more andy mark boy the athletic i'm curious your relationship with omar back in 
2000, was there ever any like late night talks? It's like, hey, we're going to do this together one day. Was that ever a goal of you two working together in, in the high capacity like this? You know what? Um, we didn't really have those talks. It was other things in our lives. I mean, that was going back 22 years ago. So we had uh, different things in our mind. Um, but it was just the connection we made. And uh, when he got this opportunity to come up here, I helped him out and just tried to do some good friends of mine. And he made good friends with them. And, uh, you know, just staying in touch and watching each other grow. And he's, he's the same person, you know, back then, although he's older. But just a grounded guy with a great head on his shoulders, you know, high character person and a very loyal friend and very loyal person. Brian Batko from the Post-Gazette. Um, you know, you talked early about being an extension of the coaching staff with obviously Mike and Kevin work really closely with how long Mike's been here, the success he's had. Does, does he have kind of more of a hand in, in this than other coaches you've been around or is it, you know, pretty that's how it's been uh, at your other stops in terms of his yeah, I mean, I've been here two and a half months, and the one thing that's pretty evident about Coach Alm is he is passionate. He is a football lover, and he loves the scouting aspect of it. And he's great to be around. You know, the energy he brings, the passion he brings, his love of the game. He's a great historian of the game, too. You know, he's someone you can learn from, and uh, just to be around him. He's fun to be around, you know, because he loves it. It just oozes out of him. And, uh, you know, he's going to be involved in it, obviously, and uh, look forward to working with him and uh, collaborating with this and uh, going forward on this process. So, I also wanted to ask you, uh, I know it's not new to have uh, to be working with your brother in this capacity, but uh, doing it here in Pittsburgh, brothers on the team, everybody knows how family-oriented the Steelers are. Is it special to, to have him here? Yeah, we feel blessed. I mean, to come back to our home team, hometown team, and work together. And Casey's really talented at what he does. You know, he was an asset for us in Philadelphia. He's an excellent organizer. He does a lot of different things in the operation. He's done video, he's done team travel, and he's excellent at coordinating. He's one of the best in the business. And I'm not just speaking as a brother, but I just know, like, people, if you talk to people in the business, his reputation, um, he's good. And he'll be, uh, he'll be an asset for us moving forward. And uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's great to look down the hall and see him or in meetings, have him next to me and uh, working six years together with him and also growing up, obviously down the hallway from us in our house, you know. Um, yeah, it's special. Anyone else? That was Steelers assistant general manager, uh, Andy Weidel, earlier today with the assembled media. We have to take a break. He is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio and ESPN 970. We'll be back more with more here live from St. Vincent College right after this. This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. We are live from St. Vincent College <clears throat> where the Steelers just wrapped up uh, practice number 16 here just a little bit ago. Still some guys out there um, kind of goofing. Some of them are Pretty working, interesting, actually. Some of them are goofing around over in the other field there playing soccer. It's like a monkey in the middle game of soccer. It looks like it's being uh, headed by T.J. Watt and his wife. And You mentioned that she was a college uh, soccer player and I'm not a soccer scout, but she would be my first pick of that whole group, I can tell you that. She's, she can control the ball. Yeah, she's pretty good. She makes it look pretty easy compared to the, the big, goofy st Steelers out there hacking away at it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we played back the uh, Andy Weidel interview there. That yeah, was good. Uh, in the previous segment, and uh, uh, some good stuff there from Weidel. It's the first time we've gotten a chance to talk to him since he was hired as mm -hmm. the assistant GM 
And, of course, he's a Mount Lebanon uh, graduate like yourself. Yeah, he's a year younger than me from Lebo. You know, makes me kind of feel you old. Lebo you Lebo guys. And, he, you know, him, him saying things like 25 years ago when I had the internship. <laughs> like, I remember you at the internship, Andy. Wow, that was a long time. But a really good interview. I think he's got a, a, a real good take on things. And, you know, I mean, he mentioned – Bill Nunn, you know, he mentioned Ozzie Newsome, Ozzie Mickey Newsome. Loomis. I mean, some of the guys he learned from in some of those organizations, like there's 32 organizations in this league, but not all of them are the equal. I mean, they're just not. Yeah. I mean, there's. I'm not going to throw some under the bus, but, you know, frankly, the year I was with the Browns isn't as impressive as the year he's with the <laughs> Eagles. You know I mean? Like yeah, right. you learn more. I mean, there's different. better people. Yeah. You know, better what they do. But, I mean, he has guys like – I know Tom Donahoe was really influential in his career, especially early on. And, you know, and Tom's great and does really, really good work. But Saints, Eagles, and folks, I know you don't want to hear it, the Ravens, it doesn't get much better. And they all have different views, too. Like yeah. The Eagles are very aggressive. They're very lineman-oriented. You know the Saints are going to push the limits to the cap to no end, like at more than any team in the league. We understand how the Steelers do business, but the Ravens are comp pick masters, and they also scout a very similar way to the Steelers as well. And so if you can combine the best of those four worlds – you got something there, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's a lot of good influences. That'd be interesting too. You uh, you heard me ask the question about the analytics part of it. Yeah, right, uh, right, right. Baltimore and Indi- and uh, Philadelphia are two of the more analytically driven teams in without the league. Without question, without question. Uh, but as he said, it can't be the only thing that you look at. Right. There's right, just right. so much out there that there's so much information, especially when you're talking about draft and spark mm. scores and things of that nature. Yeah, they can be tools. But it can drown you, too. Yeah, you can get caught up in it as well. And, and I by no means think that this organization, and I hope no one thinks that they're going to be, you know, replace tape with analytics. I yeah. mean, that's never going to happen here. And Andy's uh, background is tape, being on the road, scouting. Yeah. You know, just because Omar's a number guy doesn't mean they're just going to, nah, we're not even going to watch the tape on this guy. He ran a 4-2, <laughs> and that means he's going to be a great tight end. <laughs> right, blah, blah, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I because mean, numbers tell us it or whatever. But I think there's a lot of value to analytics, and analytics is such a wide term. Like, right. it almost doesn't mean anything. I mean, like, how do you handle the cap or where do you spend your money is analytics or, you know, um, interior offensive linemen run really good short shuttles as, a, as an analytic. You know, but, I mean, that doesn't – again, you have to balance it. It's a tool. It's a tool. Uh, Steelers made multiple roster moves today. Ooh. Signing guard William Dunkel. Dunkel was originally signed by the Eagles as an undrafted rookie free agent in May, but was released in mid-June. He played at San Diego State, okay. uh, where he started uh, right guard in 30 of his 32 games. Was an All-America uh, from the for, uh, by the Associated Press in 2021. So that's okay. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. So. Interesting. They're signing guys on a day when you're cutting five of them. Uh, in addition, they also reduced their roster to 85 players. Uh, the team placed Carl Joseph, as we talked about, on the uh, uh, reserve injured list. As Sometimes was, they make decisions for you. Yeah, as yeah. was Anthony Miller, also headed to the yeah. uh, reserve injured list as well. The team waived four players. That included uh, defensive tackle Doug Coston. He was a the guy they signed out of the, uh, the Yeah, spring, I remember he played a little league. bit on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the offensive tackle Jake Dixon. He was the Duquesne kid. Oh. I was, um, I was rooting for him, but yeah. I can't say I saw him a lot out here. Punter Cameron Nizalek. I guess that there makes sense. Uh, yeah. And then center Chris Owens. 
Okay. Okay. I mean, so. no massive shocks there. Yeah. I, I was rooting for Dixon. Yeah, I mean, just because he's a local kid, he's a good athlete. Bethel Park, right? I think so. Yeah. I, his wife actually was my daughter's teacher last year, so I was rooting for him there. Ah, so you a little. Uh... Yeah, and she actually asked me one day what I do for a living for the first time in her 15 years on here. <laughs> <laughs> So, Dad, so he's a stealer. He's going to be, you know, like a super millionaire, right? I'm like, well, yeah, he's going <laughs> to have first. a chance. He's going to go to training camp. That much is right. But so. sometimes that comes down to, you know, mention, uh, you know, they signed a guard. Yeah, right, right, right. Maybe they said a guard need more than a tackle is the way right. they looked at it. And chances are none of those guys were going to make the team either way. I mean, right, this yeah. cut or whatever. But um, I guess their chances of being on the practice squad are a lot less now, too. Yeah. You know? I will say this. We've seen them sign guys like that during camp who have made it. That's how uh-huh. Alejandro yeah. Villanueva. Uh, that's a good point. You know, was was released mm-hmm. in one of those uh, in one of those mid camp releases, and the Steelers grabbed him right away and like, Boy, he you know what out. he turned into. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I mean, just because a guy's getting signed at this point in camp doesn't mean that he can't work out. Hundred percent. You know, and it's easy to brush these kind of moves off as throwaway moves, and frankly, they kind of are. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.